and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by this week's amazing guest. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. I've learned through decades of being a business coach, mother, and entrepreneur how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women I've worked with have given me insights and wisdom to share with you. This podcast is about being honest, vulnerable, and real about what we have seen and experienced. We would love to have you join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello. How's it going? Huh. It's going well. I'm ready to dive into the second part of our series. So if you missed last week, we talked basically about what do you do during school holidays, you know, especially if, if like in the U.S. you're moving into summer holidays. You're going to have to slow down in your business. How do you maintain some minimal momentum? How do you survive navigating the kids and navigating your business? And we thought this also applies to people who have, you know, some kind of sort of illness that's hit them or they're caregiving their kids or their parents. There's a lot of times in our business where we have to slow down and we have to sort of minimally be in our business. And so when one of those times hits and there's no way around it, we can't operate it. 100% capacity. How do we do that? So last week we talked a lot about mindset and reframing and permission. This week we want to talk a little bit about structures. What is imperative to keep your attention on in your business during these time periods and what can we let go of? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this conversation myself because I always need reminders on how to really streamline things when you go into, like you said, either a a season of change in which the kids are home or things are kind of um, on a different vacation schedule or a little bit more downtime, um, or you just find yourself suddenly in a very different arrangement with how much time you have to devote to work. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's start off with talking about a few basic things, which is, you know, we mentioned this a bit last week, but I think taking a step towards planning, right, Mm -hmm. is really important. And sometimes things happen suddenly. So there's no time to spend days and weeks planning. Like you might be able to for summer holidays or winter holidays or school holidays. But oftentimes, you know, sometimes things hit us and we just really have to navigate them right away. But even taking an hour or two, half a day, any time to sit down and plan what is Mm -hmm. imperative, what can I let go of, what, you know, is the minimum minimum money to put into my business, that can take you huge steps towards more success. So I think that's one of the things we definitely need to talk about. Yes. I, you know, think that my big problem is that I often have a lot of things that are also in planning stages. And so when I think about minimizing, I might want to still include the structures for those projects. Yeah. Where like the problem is there's usually not enough time to give no. those, all those projects. And so the first thing I have to do to, is really just be like, what is the core of my business? 
yeah. that needs to keep going? Yeah. And what are these projects that I just need to put push into the future dates? Like, it's okay. I don't have to yes. say I'm not going to do them, but maybe it's time to realistically put those on the fall or like for talking about summer holiday, like just don't try to do those, try to put those, you know, because I want to be like, let's just minimize everything, but there's 500, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I can be the same way. And I think absolutely during a time where you have minimal time in your business and you have like less capacity, the first thing that needs to go on the shelf is all the projects, like really all the projects. And that's really hard to hear because a lot of us have high ambitions and we oftentimes, you know, want to sort of project, oh no, we're going to have this much time when really we have this much time. I tell my clients, if you're in one of these positions, what I want you to do is I want you to give me the absolute bare minimum hours you actually have in your business. So not what you think you're going to have, but what you know you have. So if you have two hours a week, that's what I want to hear. Two hours a week. Don't inflate it and tell me you're going to have 10, you know, because yes. that doesn't work. Yes. So yeah, I think all projects have to be put on the shelf when we have minimal energy. And you can think about it two ways. One is we need to focus on the core things. Like you said, that's so good. The core things that make our business run. But in addition to that, all projects take extra energy. And sometimes that's great energy mm -hmm. and exciting energy, but it takes more energy. And when we're low on capacity of energy, it's not helpful to be sort of working on creative projects and things that don't yet have any real, I guess, oomph in our business, right? See, most projects are towards future things we want to have in our business. They're not going to be something that if we get done right now, it's going to produce results. Yeah. And I think remembering that it doesn't mean that you turn your brain off about like some creative idea about that project, but you're not going to execute on it. Like, for example, one thing that happened to me that was kind of a surprise. I had a recent vacation, maybe last, it was, we went to the beach. It was during summer vacation, but we specifically took a week. Um, and I don't know what happened that week, but I just was having like a lot of creative downloads by the pool. So I'm sitting there, my husband's playing in the water with my son. So I'm kind of not on parent duty and I'm just sunning and laying there and I'm reading. But then whatever I was reading, I was like triggering all of these thoughts and this creativity. And so I grabbed um, my journal and I just like wrote down really quickly, just some downloads. And it really was cool because I thought, oh, I'm on vacation. So I don't actually have to do anything about these ideas right yeah. now, but yeah. I can just let them come. And I almost like daily got some really creative inspiration throughout that vacation. Um, and I think it's because I knew it was not about executing on them. Like I didn't turn off that creative side, but yes. I just shifted the way my mindset around like, okay, let it come if it comes and I'll just, you know, have this self care. It felt like part of the vacation because I had time and energy to let my mind flow and be free. And it wasn't about hmm. executing on those things. They could just be the yeah. future, you know? Yeah, that's so good. And I think, you know, it, and that's the thing is I think what's so great about that is we're able to have the freedom and the space, but it's great, like you said, to put it in a notebook, put it in some kind of downloading thing that basically allows us to shelve it till later. So we're not losing it. We're not going to not remember it. It's like, but we're just putting it in a to-do list for later because that's where things really get complicated is when we start to try to implement those projects. Like the implementation is what takes a lot of energy. I mean, most of us are quite energized by 
thinking and brainstorming and playing and envisioning if you're that kind of person. But then the implementation gets us stuck and is hard and, you know, is all of that. So, yeah, I think that's great advice, you know, really put it in a shell. Like basically during the summer, whenever you've got this time period where you have just a little bit of energy, then just have a notebook that you keep with you that allows you to scribble any ideas you get, any inspiration you get, but don't act on it. Don't make it something that you need to complete and do. Yes. Yeah. I have a word I use for that. And um, every time I share it, people are like, I love that. That's perfect. Is instead of brainstorming, which I think is much more execution style, like I'm going to brainstorm on this and make it happen is that I commit myself to dream storming. And mm. that's what the summer can be for me is like, I dream storm things. Like it's awesome. Just let those, you know, and the more space that I create for myself to be with family, to be with, you know, more just away from work, there's more dream storming, but yeah. I have to have a dream catcher. I have to find something that can shelve it. So I don't get anxious about losing it or, you know, because that's the only time that there's a downside to the dream storming is if I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I'm going to lose these great ideas. And then I'm scrambling and my kids are stressed because they're like, why are you not present? But if I'm yeah. really kind of prepared for those moments of just like, okay, sometimes I'm going to download and I'm going to capture it, it creates yes. um, my energy is more spacious. I'm more able to to take in everything and then be with my kids, like to put that down and then go and be in the pool or be out in the yard or doing something more focused with them. Yeah, look, I love it. And and just to split some hairs too, I think what we need to um, really look at is what we're talking about is creating space to do what you need to do, whether it's with family or whatever it is that is sort of taking up that capacity. Mm -hmm. It's not planning the brainstorm yeah. and spending a significant amount of your summer or your time period planning and dreaming because the essentials don't get done. Right. right? And I think that's an important distinction because what I see is that a lot of us use brainstorming and envisioning and creative time as an excuse to not do some of the things that we need to do. You know, it's just because it's so much more fun and it's not as fun to do sales or it's not as fun to implement things that need to be done or reach out to people to try to, you know, keep converting yeah. clients so that we have sales. And that's the thing I think we should talk about next. Like so often the most important thing in your business, bottom line is sales, right? If you are creating sales, if you aren't making money, that means you're also not having impact. That means you're also not having the financial security and stability to have more impact and to really create what you're here to do. And I think the sales sometimes is one of the things that everybody drops. A lot of women don't like to focus on it. So when we have minimal you know, time and minimal capacity, sometimes sales is one of the things that just out the window, right? Yeah. And I am totally guilty of it as well. I'm like, you know, oh, I'd rather spend time creating and yeah. imagining. And, the fun know, part yada, yada. of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I love sales and I teach my clients love sales, but still it's one of those things that we don't always like to focus on. But I tell you right now, if you have minimal capacity, sales should be the first thing on your list. Yes. And you have to ask yourself then, what is the core of my business that, what's the core revenue generator? Like, what is that thing that brings in money? And often yes. even like, what's the thing that brings in the larger chunks of money with less 
time and energy because I can kind of get caught on maybe the little things. Oh, I make money off of that. I make money off of that and off of that. Yep. And then, but those are way too time consuming and it would really be better for me to look at, do I have everything set up for that larger revenue generator? Yes. And so if you're in a service business in general, depending on how your business is structured and what your business model is, most of us, if we're still working one-on-one with people and you've got multiple sort of services that you're offering, then you will continue the one-on-ones because they provide the biggest impact. They're the easiest to get. They provide the most money. Those sessions are really imperative when you have minimal capacity. Now, you may also run groups or you may also have an online you know, program and all of those things, but those take more marketing. They take more, you know, capacity in terms of getting people in, getting bums on seats, you know, being able to really fill those workshops or fill those events. They might be more fun, but they, they provide a lot less money and they take a lot more energy. And so I think these are really important things to consider. Yeah. And also if, if it's planned, like, if we have medical emergencies, we need to take care of a loved one or our own medical emergency, obviously this will be harder. But one thing that I've always done as a private practice therapist is I have taken August off. Like I've just planned to take August off. And that was one of the best pieces of advice that a mentor ever gave me. She's like, pick a month and take it off. Um, And knowing that you're going to take that month off, make sure that you're also paying attention to your client number of clients that you're seeing and that you're actually taking into account. Like if you're looking at your yearly revenue that you're like, okay, well, how many clients do I need to see per week? Knowing that I'm going to have to have a month salary month's income set aside before I go into that month. So there's actually some strategies that you can take if you know you're going to plan for that month to bring in the revenue just before or after, or, you know, during those other times of the year, instead of thinking, oh, I I need to make this much per year and thinking I'm going to be working every day, every week or whatever, with only two weeks vacation, which is what a lot of us do in the United States. Or if a week even sometimes is as much as people give themselves. It's crazy. Another topic. That's another Yeah. Look, and the truth is a lot of people don't plan summer very well, even though we know we have it coming up or we have school holidays come up or we have the winter break coming up, whatever it is, we're still really bad about, I mean, I'm notorious for waiting till last minute. And then I'm like, oh yes, my kids aren't in school next week. Oh, (laughs) what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, so I think it's, you know, really important, obviously, if you can plan to take some time to plan and if something gets thrust on you or if you get to that last minute, then we need to talk about strategies. And it's just even sitting down for a couple hours. And I actually do this weekly. Like I do this every day. In fact, this morning, I sat down at a coffee shop this morning and looked at, okay, I have a really busy couple days. I have lots of projects I'm trying to accomplish as well, but I have minimal capacity because of what I'm doing. So what is the bare essentials that I have to do over the next two days? They have to get done. They're on a deadline. They're on a timeline. And, you know, so I do this really, really often because it's so easy before you know it, you start to work on something that's not really the priority. And then you waste your time. And not that it's a waste because it's contributing Mm -hmm. to the long term, but then you don't get to the things that are imperative. I do this, you know, and this is why I have to reevaluate all the time. And for something that is really taking up a large amount of your capacity, 
You really have to be able to learn the skill of being prioritized and focused and really evaluating and discerning what's most important. So, you know, the things I always tell my clients is self-care, mm-hmm. right? So self-care is always an imperative part of running a business. Self-care and sales, like those the two, and delivering to clients. So if you have a service business, the way that I structure all of my clients is to have one you know, really high value service. And so when they have that one really high value service, they're delivering to those clients that service. They're working on sales calls to bring more clients in and they're focused on self-care. Those are the three priorities. Content, nope. Marketing, nope. Um, You know, what else do we do that we can waste so much time on? Funnels, nope. Mm -hmm. You know, what else, Laura? What else do we say? A website, revising the website. Mine ends up being creative. Like the website copier, need to redo my landing (laughs) page. page. I need to, you know, like go in, do all my social media scheduling. And, and yeah. that, yes, I totally distract myself. Canva. I'm just going to draw, I'm just going to create all these new images. Yeah. Cause then, yeah. yeah. Cause I'm feeling productive, but it's not yeah. really essential. Right. And then I, and then I'm stressed because I used my time, which was very short to go do, you know, five memes in Canva. And then I don't have any of those really important things done so I can step away and feel good about stepping away from it for a bit. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it seems so simple, right? Like self-care so that we have as much capacity as possible, you know, sales because we want money continually coming in and delivery so that we are delivering a service that's really powerful to our clients. Like that's it. Like it's so simple. Those are the three core elements of any service business. That's it. Yeah. And I think we get so distracted. Most people are spending 90% of their capacity on everything else. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like some people might be going, oh, well, with services, I'm a service-based, you know, business and I've got clients. And if I have to step away, um, what am I going to, how, you know, how am I going to manage that? But like for me personally, I'm actually right now working remotely and my private practice, the only thing I'm doing for it right now is scheduling the clients that are ready to just get on the phone right now, have a Zoom session, and I'm not doing anything else. Like, it's my calendar and it's the clients that have already reached out to me because they also, you know, know that they've got to get on my calendar. So in a way it's like, it is actually, I'm just thinking of it to, I'm I'm kind of patting myself on the back because I'm thinking that's really actually what I've done is that I don't have a lot of time, but if I'm working on my private practice, it's only talking to my clients. It's only doing sessions right now because I have very limited amount of time to work. So it's going to only be that FaceTime or virtual FaceTime with them. And then all the other things for my practice, my website, it's good. Social media, it's hanging in there, doing its own thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Look, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, like, no one is going to, um, you know, disappear. on so- See, social media is a long game. First of all, you have to know that if you get a significant amount of clients from your actual content, which 99.9% of people don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have to understand where your clients are coming from. So when we talk about sales, I always talk about terms of low-hanging fruit. So a lot of my clients, I won't let any of them get onto Facebook or start creating content scheduling or Instagram or none of that. And... N- I don't care about their website. I don't care about SEO. None of that matters. And I look at what's your low-hanging fruit. Who do you know? 
What partnerships can you create? Who can you go talk to today that's in your target market or who has access to your target market so you literally can get on the phone with people now? Yes. I think that is so key. I did it this time too. See, look, I'm actually learning a lot from these conversations. (laughs) Yay! Because I have a spreadsheet that's got all my contact people too, so that if I if I'm not on with a client having a phone Zoom session, then I've got this spreadsheet when I do have email time that's basically the people I've already identified that I do need to be reaching out, building relationships with because yeah. they are connected. They either are potential clients or they're connected to my clients. And so now when I even have a little extra time. I'm like, okay, who is it that I'm supposed to be reaching out? And I can say I'm out of pocket at the moment, but I'm coming back, you know, in a few weeks. And would you like to set up something? Like I can set up future things as well. So that's yeah. something to think about is it could be revenue generating in that moment, like how I'm prioritizing my yes. sessions. It's also prioritizing the contact list that is yep. generating future sales. And not just spending that time, I could have easily just gone down the rabbit hole on Canva or on my social media calendar. But instead, I'm like, who are those people? Because I can email them right now. Yes. Yes. And you guys, this is like the classic sales 101, right? Is that you need to be keeping track of every contact, every lead. Now, I'm not talking people who like your posts or who comment on your posts. I'm talking about actual leads, people who are interested, people who you had sales calls with, people who actually you've directly connected with and are interested in your services. And one of those things is with like follow-ups. So, you know, because uh, I teach a lot about the sales process, how you get people on calls, how you have a sales call that's authentic, how you then follow up with people. So many people miss the follow-up. They're like, oh, well, they didn't want it right now. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. But did, did like, did, were they a good fit? Yeah. yeah? Okay. So what was are the they issue? on your list? Oh, timing. <laughs> yeah. Like timing or money. Great. It's been two months. Have you reached out to see how they're doing? Like, that's it. Like, just reach out to say, hey, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so simple. And you can use something like a Trello board or a spreadsheet, or I use a, an awesome program called Pipe Drive mm-hmm. that, like, basically, like, has everybody that I can keep following up with. And I can set reminders that, you know, maybe in six weeks to eight weeks. I mean, if someone says, no, I'm not interested, I don't like you, well, then fine. Yeah, they're yeah. not a good fit. Yeah. But if someone says, yeah, look, I'm really interested, I would love to work with you, but I just can't right now awesome. Mm -hmm. That's just timing issue for them. Mm -hmm. Reach out because in eight weeks, they might be ready. In six weeks, they might be ready. So having some minimal, you know, time every single week, that consistency where you reach out to follow-ups, where you reach out to people who were interested, but couldn't do it at that time. It it actually leads to so, so, so much sales. Those direct connections, you guys, I mean, I think we've forgotten about it because we're in such an age of crazy social media that we forget about direct connections. Those direct connections are the key to sales. They're like social media is the last thing you want to do for sales. The last thing, really, honestly, truthfully. And same with funnels and same with all of them. If you're selling a high value service, whether that's you're selling hourly sessions that are, you know, pretty good value, are you selling packages? Are you selling programs like what I teach? If you're selling high value services, you're not going to convert very well on your website. You're not going to convert very well through a funnel. You're not going to convert very well. I know everyone's teaching it and everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it, but it's not working anymore. You need to directly talk to people. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where you need to spend your time is how can I go out and directly talk to my target market right now? Who can I call? Who do I know? Who's a connection? Who have I talked to before? Like that is like, if you can create some 
some specific skills and time and capacity around that every single week, you're going to see so much more sales. Yes. I love that. And I have two thoughts. One, it's okay to be honest and vulnerable when you're reaching out to these people to be like, hey, it's summer vacation. I've taken time to prioritize being with my family. So I'm reaching out to you right now because I have some exciting opportunities coming up in the fall. And you were top of mind when I thought about it. So I just wanted to let you know, let me know if you're interested. And then all of a sudden you've got like your top list of people to reach out to come end of summer with this new launch you're doing in the fall. And you don't have to plan, you don't have to do anything in the summer. You're still spending time in that more modified schedule. And you're telling people like, you're saying my values are that I do self-care and time with family right now. But you're top of mind when I'm coming out in the fall with something really exciting. And I'll be going into more of that, you know, later and get them excited and thinking and feeling really, I mean, I feel special when somebody, I can tell the ones that are not authentic, right? When you just get that, like, I thought of you. But when you really mean it, when you're like, who is that person that completely would love this? And you feel that energy and you reach out to them and be like, I can't wait to tell you about this. I'm so excited and I'm doing this. Then they feel it and you already have them in your spreadsheet and that in the software that you mentioned, the pipe drive, that yeah. sounds really cool. So that's one is just like tell them that you're not available and why, but what's coming and get them excited. And then the yes. second thing, if I can still remember because I got excited about that, <laughs> um, was something to do with. Um, something else that you said. So it'll probably come back to me because I wanted to, okay, cool. yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and I would say like a really good exercise that I've had people do before is to sit down and look at, you know, what are all the things you're doing? So it's like a time audit, right? That This can be very helpful. Even if you've got 30 minutes to sit down and look at what's every single thing I'm doing. What am I putting my energy towards? What am I doing? And some people, a lot of people, they don't, they're not really conscious of what they're putting their time and energy towards. So sometimes spend a week and really calculate everything. Okay, I've just spent an hour on Canva. I've just spent two hours putting my social media together. I just spent three hours on a blog. Like sometimes you have to like record it because you can't remember what you did the week before. Yeah. So record it because here's the thing. If you do a time audit where you basically list everything you're spending time on, then you list how long it's taking you to do each thing, and then you list the results that you're getting for it. Now, I'm not talking about likes or comments or anything like that. I'm talking about actual results. Who did you convert from that thing? And see, what you're going to find is that 90% of the things you're doing is producing no conversions. And, you know, 10% is producing conversions. You should be doing that a lot more. And let me give you an example of someone that I worked with. When we did this process and went through this process, she was spending like five hours, six hours a week on blogging as an example, right? Because it takes a long time to write the content, to edit the content, to find the picture, to post it, to, you know, post the thing that says, hey, come see my blog, you know, like to promo it. I mean, like, let's be honest, right? That takes a really long time. I'm not one for blogging. I don't think blogging works until you're at like a really higher stage. But, you know, anyway, so she spent all this time. And so when she calculated everything, she was spending like 40 hours a week on things that were producing no results. 40 hours a week. And she was spending one hour a week contacting old clients and saying, hey, I just want to reach out to you. And she, and she converted those often into you know new programs, new services she was offering. She converted those people almost 80% of the time. And she was only doing it for one yeah. hour. I was like, just cut every single thing else. Cut those 40 hours out. You're done. 
I want you to spend just two hours a week on that, you know, reaching out to old clients, connecting with them, finding out how they are. She was very genuine about Mm -hmm. it. Right. And, and that was it. Like she, she tripled her business. She way cut down her hours, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, so amazing when you don't realize how much time we're wasting. So these things are really important to really look at, you know, who could you be reaching out to? Who could you be connecting with? Now, I just want to just, uh, this is what I was thinking about when we were both talking earlier. Just one thing to say is that, you know, just something to reiterate is that you want to make sure whatever you're asking for, talking about, reaching out is authentic and real. You do not want to create false scarcity. A lot of people teach that where you're like, you know, like you're reaching someone and you're like, I've got this amazing opportunity, but it's actually something you offer all the time. And you're like, oh yeah, you can, you can do this just for next week only. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, I've got this special price, but really you give that special price all the time. Like false scarcity ruins your integrity. I never suggest shit. I you know, make sure that whatever you're doing is legitimate. So there are ways you can create scarcity that is legitimate. For instance, I raise my prices twice a year. It happens every single year. It's something I do all the time. I let people know, hey, I'm raising my prices come July and I'm raising my prices come January. You know, and sometimes that allows people to make a decision for themselves whether they want to pay a little bit less beforehand or wait until the next year if they're thinking about waiting mm-hmm. to work with me. So that's very legitimate. I've decided it way ahead of time. I've planned it. I tell people. But if you start to create a bunch of sort of false scarcity or you, you know, are like, hey, I'm reaching out and you're not really authentic, you don't really want to work with that person or you don't really like them, it's not worth it because it will hurt your integrity. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, no, I'm glad that you said that because it's so true. And honestly, I have an instant rejection nowadays if I have that pressure scarcity thing come at me. If they're like, and it's only 24 hours. I'm like, done. Bye. Close box. Like not interested because we're living in the age of overwhelm. It does not help to throw more pressure towards somebody's nervous system. They're not going to like it. They're going to get defensive. Yes. They're going to set a boundary and they're going to walk yep. away. But if yep. you are genuine and you're connecting and they feel like you really are there to offer a solution and either you can take advantage of it right now or you can take advantage of it later. And then here are the pros and cons of that. That's a very yes. different kind of feeling. So I'm glad that you brought it that up. It is. Totally. And I think you guys, like, it's never good to pressure. And that's not what we're talking about, right? I mean, I don't believe in pressure sales. I don't believe making anyone make a decision fast, you know, but there is data that you can give that allows people to have the data to make a decision. And that's the way that I frame it. If I give them data that here's where my prices are raising, it's totally up to you. There's no pressure. Decide now, decide later. You know, it just gives you data for your decision making. That I think is very kind and very much an integrity, but pressuring to get a sale pushing people to make a decision, they're oftentimes going to be the wrong person. They're going to be making the wrong decision. And then even if you get them as a client, you're not going to be happy. It won't work out. It's just, it's never worth it. Yeah. Agreed. And then one other thing to keep in mind, like in the summer and you're worried about social media, this is what I was thinking about earlier, is to remember that, you know, your website and your social media channels, um, just like you're saying, Sonia, is that you're not going to do conversion from those. And over most of the time, it's about brand, you know, branding maintenance. It's about validating your brand. And so my big advice, just a little drop in the bucket for the summer, if you spend a couple of hours using, you know, some kind of software like Buffer, Hootsuite, SmarterQ, a couple of hours before the summer, think about what are the main values that you want to communicate about your brand. If somebody lands on your website, 
what do they know about your values? If they land on your Instagram, what do they know about your values? Then curate images, uh, quotes, and have like just evergreen content over the summer that maintains your brand. That's all people are looking for when they go and find you online. They're just like, oh, let me check that person out. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that does represent them. That feels like them. I see their values are. I'd like to work with them. You don't have to tell a huge news story. You don't have to come up with some campaign. You don't have to be super clever. I think it's just really important to do an evergreen maintenance plan, but make it all around your value statements. Like, who are you? What do you believe in? If you're nature-based, you have a whole bunch of that. If you're really into um, letterboards, then you got some letterboard quotes and (laughs) different things going on there. Um, But things that are about your values and how to communicate that. And then you're done for the summer. You could step away and just let those software um, platforms just put that out there. And every once in a while, when you feel inspired, you can go on and do a spontaneous post, but yeah, or you can let it go altogether. Let it go. Just saying. Just you as another unplug. option. You can unplug altogether. Because guess what? If you're not converting. Now, look, some people are really smart. They figure out a way. They're in certain industries that do convert in certain ways. But if you don't know that you're converting, like you can't literally tie this client came from Instagram or this client came from Facebook and you know how they came from it. Like, you know, was it that you did a post? Was it that you answered a question in a group? Like, what is it that brought that client to you? If you can't answer that, it's not worth spending your time doing it when you have minimal time. Because all it is, is, you know, you're wasting time, but none of it's converting. None of it adds to that, you know, bottom line of your business, which is the sales and the people that you work with, which is the impact. So it's really, really getting honest and gritty sometimes with, you know, what is going to impact our time and our, you know, our business right now. Because when you have so little time, you really have to look at what's important, what's valuable, what matters. And I think sometimes we just like, we're so stressed and we're so overwhelmed that we just end up letting everything go instead of just being like, okay, if I just reach out to people one hour a week, right? Just mm-hmm. to see all my contacts, all my direct contacts. If I just reach out one hour a week to see how they're doing, you know, to to connect with them, to see if they're still interested in my services, one hour a week, that makes a huge significant difference. Or if we just focus on delivering to the clients we have, you know, mm-hmm. or if we open up and say, I just have five hours a week to see clients, that's it. Those five sessions, that's all I have. And you let everyone know, look, I've got five sessions a week. That's it. If you want in for the summer, you got to mm-hmm. fill one of those spots. It's like just those kind of really direct things. They're all that matters in a time where our capacity has to really, really, really be minimal. And I think we put a lot of false um, ideas or concepts or fear around if we let go of our social media or if we let go of this, what will happen? Our whole business will crash. Mm -hmm. And so I think we really got to get honest and evaluate what matters when we have minimal capacity. So yeah, yeah, I think, you know, see if you, if you feel like you can put some time in and do some, like exactly like Laura said, some minimal stuff that allows you just to have a a flow through the summer, post it all in buffer, be done, Mm -hmm. pay someone to do it, pay a VA to do it. You know, if you feel like you need that, but if you also need to drop it, drop it, give yourself permission to only focus on what matters. I promise your business will not go down in flames. Yes. 
Yes. And I love like, that's what I was going to say is circling back to, you know, we started this series on mindset. So coming back to the fact that this again, takes the mindset that you're giving yourself permission to really get clear and succinct about where you're putting your energy during whatever time, whether this is a time of summer, whether it's a time of self-care, whether it's a time that you're caretaking for someone else, but really give yourself that permission. And then, you know, we are starting, we've just shared some ways that you can get really clear about what are your cells? Like, how do you motivate around self-care and cells? Like what's essential with those things? And yeah. And then what else, if we're going to recap this for everybody, Sonny, do you think of the big takeaways about being able to do this work essentially? Yeah, I think taking a little bit of time to plan, even if it's just an hour or two, if some, especially if something sudden happens, I think that's really key. I think recognizing that the three most important areas, self-care, sales, delivery, I think those are the essential three things. You know, you can divide it by three even. So if you know you have six hours a week and that's the minimal you're going to have, then do two hours of self-care, two hours of sales, two hours of delivery. I mean, yeah. you know, you can you can look at it in terms of that um, to divide it in three. Like think think just that really looking at that is the key takeaway because so often we're doing like 5,000 other things that don't fit into those three categories. And I also love that if we have six hours, that you're actually thinking of those hours, including your self-care because too many people make the mistake. Let's like, well, it's summer. I'm going to be doing all the self-care. No, no. your kids (laughs) are home. (laughs) That means there's no self-care with the kids. Just saying. (laughs) You will have to take that time and carve it out. So I love that, you know, just looking at that. How much time do I have? Six hours, 10 hours, and then the sales, the self-care, the delivery. Yeah. Yeah, that's really. And giving yourself permission to do that. You do not have to keep working 30, 40 hours a week. You can run your business on 10 hours a week if you're strategic about it, if you set those expectations and you really focus on what's essential. Yes. And if you need any help, you know you can always reach out to Laura and I. We've got our Facebook group as well, Women in the Business Arena. Like, you're not alone. And sometimes we just need someone outside of ourselves to say, hey, just focus on this. Just focus on this and let all this go. That can be so, so helpful. So we're definitely here if you need it. All right, so we're going to wrap up for today. Don't forget, we have part three of this series next week. And we're going to talk about sort of how do we maintain minimal momentum and how do we manage our energy during this time period, which I think is a really important topic. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.